Welcome to the Inspirations Podcast, sponsored by Quebec's only newspaper, devoted exclusively to the news of the special needs community. Tune in regularly to hear uplifting success stories, learn about resources, and gain timely advice in the area of special needs, featuring experts in various fields. Here's your host, your host Mark Bergman. On this edition of the Inspirations Podcast, Audrey-Anne Bouchard, who lives with Stargard's disease, is launching her stunning new multidisciplinary show called Camille. Inspired by the creator's visual impairment, this unique project has been specifically designed for those living with visual impairments. The set is open to only six audience members at a time, and any of those with vision or partial sight will be wearing a blindfold throughout the performance. Audrey joins us right now on the Inspirations Podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Tell us, I mean, we just had a sample of the production, but tell us uh, a bit about the production and how it came to be. How it came to be, yes. So I had this idea uh, six years ago now. I myself, as you said, have a visual impairment and I work as a theater and dance artist. And I thought, what can people who who cannot see anything uh, receive from a dance or a theater proposition? And I, I, I became interested with this idea how can we create a dance piece and a theater piece that would be entirely accessible to an audience living with visual impairments? So over the last three years, we've developed a new working methodology where we have been creating and making decisions with our eyes closed, uh, trying to understand, for example, how can dance be transmitted if not seen but felt? And how can the set be understood by a spectator if it's not watched on stage, but if it's uh, also felt by just inviting the audience to walk into it. It's an absolutely amazing concept. Those who cannot see are in a play setting and the play is happening around them through all their different senses, right? Absolutely, yes. And some, it's very multi-sensorial. So we try to use all the senses and it's interdisciplinary. So there's more theatrical scenes and some scenes involve more movement. So we're trying to explore a little bit all the languages. It's incredible. Tell me about, um, how do you rehearse for something like this? Yes, it's a very good question. So uh, it's been a long process. At the beginning, we were just trying to find strategies. How do we communicate our art to an audience living with a visual impairment? And uh, I myself close my eyes for most of the rehearsal process, and I guide the actors and the dancers based on what I hear or what I feel. And uh, we take turns. So the choreographer, for example, Lauriane Langis, she also closes her eyes at times and asks people to uh, perform the gestures for her so she can make her choreographic choices based on how it's felt and how it sounds rather than how how you see. So the whole the whole process of guiding dancers and actors and directing them is shifted because it's not anymore into uh, it, we don't make decisions anymore uh, based on how what things look like yeah. yes yeah. exactly so it's it, more it's a real a different concept to sort of to wrap your head around for people who are listening to the podcast i just i just witnessed some of the scenes in the play 
and it's it's hard to describe. You know, everything is happening happening around you. The actors are are touching you. Uh, you you feel, you hear. There's emotion involved, and there's got to be a lot of trial and error in 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 preparing, right? Absolutely. We had, did a lot of training on how do we approach someone as well? How do we touch them? How do we uh, guide them in space trying to be clear? Because the performers all have a part as a, they all have characters in the show. We didn't want them to talk to you and to tell you sit here because then it would take you out of your experience. Yeah, they're guiding you, right? Absolutely. They're guiding you, but only with uh, with their physical intentions and gestures. So, yes, not with their speech. Sure. So, I mean, you have to gain the trust of an audience member right away. Absolutely. So the uh, welcoming process of the show is actually an important part that we worked on, trying to make people comfortable, telling them that we are all sighted in the theater, so everyone who's performing can see what's going on, the lights are on, and we are in charge of people's security and safety. And also, I think it's important to say that we adjust to the level of comfort comfortability of each spectator so you know some spectators will be right away very engaged with what's going on and some will be a little bit more shy and that's quite all right uh, every person needs their time to adapt to this new experience so I, I have to tell you and this is not a reflection of the show whatsoever I love the show I love the experience I was quite uncomfortable at the beginning I can imagine yes and uh, to give you some credit you were thrown today in a scene that's at the middle of the show. So it's important to say that... So the show eases you in, okay. The show eases yeah. you in, yes. There is a... We've worked on dramaturgy of, you know, interaction. So we start with very simple things. We take you by the hand. We place your hand on our arm so that you can follow us. And then the more we go, the more comfortable people get. And they understand also, okay, what's... This is the code. This is the play that's happening between the uh, the the performers and and me. So we can we can make them interact with us a little bit more as we go. Now I would assume the reaction is different from somebody who's visually impaired uh, than somebody who can see. And by the way, it's important to mention those who can see that are coming to the play. You're fully blindfolded. You cannot see a thing. So both visually impaired and both people who can see aren't able to see in the play, but I would imagine the reaction is different, right? Absolutely. The reaction is different. The experience is also a little different because someone who is visually impaired is much more comfortable in, in, in with its mobility, for example, with his or her mobility in the piece. So just walking in space, that's part of someone with visual impairments daily life, mm -hmm. you know, walking in space uh, without having any visual references. So they can move around with, with ease and they're less in a discomfort than people who are not used to wear a blindfold yeah. and not see anything. So definitely the response is different. They're in their element, right? They're in their element. So we kind of have this little sentence we say where in our show people who live with a visual impairment are not in an environment where they are disabled but people who are sighted are in an environment where they are disabled absolutely and that's and that's you know further to my point and again it's not a negative thing i was a little uncomfortable to begin i was not in my own element to not be able to see 
for seven minutes and to have this experience going on around me using all my senses other than sight was 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 a shock to the system mm-hmm. it is yes it is most of the people uh, are feel like that at the beginning and then at the end they are really happy that they could let themselves go Now, there's a scene in the play you were telling me that um, there's a lot of audio going on. There's a radio and there's people speaking in the background. And, and you were telling me that there's a different reaction from people with visual impairment to people who can see with that particular scene, right? Absolutely. So someone who is used not to see can uh, process much more different audio information at the same time. Okay, how Just so? Because they're used to, they told us once, It's not necessarily that we have a better sense of, of hearing. It's because we concentrate all the time. We have to concentrate to keep up with the conversation. We have to concentrate to remember where we've put our things because then we won't see where they are. So we have to remember and be fully concentrated. So, so, you know, I guess we developed this, this, Uh, practice yeah. of being able to dissociate the information and being able to follow a conversation and at the same time listen to radio on the background. As for someone who is used to see, normally we use our sight to help us focus on what we want to focus on. And here, when you don't have your sight, it becomes a lot of audio information at mm. the same time. Now, you specifically in the play don't mention anything about uh, visual impairment or disabilities. Tell me why. Yes, because uh, it is so present in the form already. We created this piece in order for people who live with visual impairments to be able to experience a show without missing anything. And uh, it became, you know, the, the form is is so strong that it's a little bit part of the experience. Even, I mean, it's a little bit, it is part of the experience. Yeah. And then we thought, okay, we don't want to talk in our store, in the story. We don't want to talk about that. So it's not about the loss of sight, the loss of, it's about the loss of a friendship. So basically we, we chose the theme of the story based on the fact that you're guided throughout the piece. And as you said before, you have to learn to trust the performer guiding you. Mm. And it's the story of this guy, Pierre, who loses his friend Camille, who was kind of his guide in life. And now he has to learn, how can I make contact with new people? You know, I'm when you're 30, it's not so easy to make friends, to make new friends. How do you encounter people you don't know? And how do you get comfortable with them? Which is part of part of the format of Absolutely. the show as well but uh, we have decided not to address specifically the the issue of losing sight also because our main audience people who live with a visual disability that's they deal with that uh, every day so we don't we don't want to address necessarily that in in the show as well yeah and they're coming to a show it's an escape it's entertainment right absolutely it's entertainment um i've i've never heard of this concept before is this a first in in montreal is does it happen around the world uh... yes so uh we did many res much research on this and we realized that some artists in Montreal and abroad have started to explore this idea of proposing an artistic experience that does not involve sight. Sometimes you walk in a room and it's dark and sometimes you are asked to wear a blindfold. But uh, what we find, what is unique about our piece that we haven't found anywhere else is that we really d designed it with people who have a visual impairment for them. Mm -hmm. So I think that many of the other work that's happening is for 
sighted people to experience what it is to be to to not see. Has it been a challenge in your career in, in evolving in your career having having Stargardt disease? And... Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I don't believe it has been. Of course, I I'm a lighting designer for theater and dance, so okay. sometimes uh, I feel that to define if an artist's uh, face on stage is well lit, I need the I need the collaboration of other people to tell me is he is he well lit? Is right. she in the dark? Um, but to get the artistic, develop the artistic ideas and with the, my collaborators, with the directors and to make people feel comfortable on stage, it has not been a problem so far. I think that it's almost like I never realized how visual my work is until I got the idea for this show. I just did it because I, I lost my sight when I was already studying visual arts and I just didn't question what I was going to do. Sure. Yes, and I believe that People working with me would tell you that uh, uh, I'm I'm good at doing the job. Yeah, <laughs> amazing, amazing. Well, you certainly are. The play is is unbelievable. I want to ask you a bit about being inclusive. Yes. Do you find how can we be more inclusive to people with visual impairments in 2019? It starts for sure for this for our piece, for example. I'm gonna base it on our experience because I don't have the answer for yeah. everyone. But we have really tried to change the way we're working, you know, because sometimes what we try to do is adapt uh adapt a theater piece or adapt uh, a movie so that it becomes accessible to people living with visual impairments. But uh, the question we've asked ourselves is we don't want to create something conventional for people who can see and then adapt it to make it accessible. We want to create it right. from the start so it is inclusive. So I think, and it's been really challenging and enriching, I think, for people in my team to question ourselves, oh, how do I create a set that yeah, people... Because most people on the team can see, right? Absolutely. Everyone can see. And it's been really important that they, they can see because we are sure. guiding everyone. But it is, uh, it is interesting to even question, okay, how do we do things? How do we create things? And then it's not just about making, making the piece in this case. It's also how do we get people to come to the theater? How do we welcome them? Where do we uh, keep their dogs so that they feel safe, that their guiding dogs are in the theater beside them while they're living that experience? So, you know, there's a whole portion of creating the art, but then also, okay, what are the specific needs of the audience that is going to come and how can we make them comfortable and how can we, you know, they, they come with specialized transport. So we have to take that into account. Uh, how much earlier in advance are they going to come here? What do we, how do we entertain them? Because they come here sometimes yeah. an hour in advance with their transport, you know. It's amazing, you know, and may, it maybe sounds like a cliche, but, you know, we take for granted our sight. Absolutely. Uh, it just, it seems so easy. But when you're put in a position uh, to lose your, your, your sight and be immersed in this experience, it's totally different. Absolutely. We take it for granted. And... It's been very enriching also to meet the community of people living with visual impairments and to ask them, are you interested in attending a play? Are you interested in attending dance? What is it? What do you, what's beauty for you? We ask them questions like that. What 
helps you to escape or you know what motivates you and we try to choose the themes of the piece also based on their perception and uh, and their answers so i think that just uh, to answer your question how do we become more inclusive just to meet the people you know there's all kinds of impairments and just yeah, to and meeting and understanding and, absolutely uh, absolutely for people who are listening who are visually uh, visually impaired who might be uncomfortable to come to the show what do you want to tell them I want to tell them, uh, please come. <laughs> uh, not for me, but come because we created this piece really with, I would say, around 30 people living with visual impairments who came in rehearsal and gave us their feedback. And everyone, I believe, had a good experience when they came to rehearsal. They told us, you touch us, but it's always with great respect and it's always gentle. And we want to be a part of this. So I would tell them, come and experience it at any time during the piece. If you don't enjoy it, you are what you can leave. You can, but I think that it's, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> and I think that people, uh, you know, they, they get out at the end and they, they talk with the other spectators who were there. They get, you know, they exchange with other people. They meet new people as well. So, It's a, it's a space for exchange and encounter. And you were telling me sometimes you have tears in your eyes watching the audience members, right? Absolutely. And the performers, they worked so hard. And just to see them go interact with someone, making them comfortable, trying to give them some joy and some love is, uh, is always very touching for me because I, I wanted to create art as a practice i want to create art to give something to people you know to make people happy and to give them uh, some joy to give them love to give them emotions so for me when i watch people interacting together and i see that they have smiles on their faces i feel like it's quite special what we do a unique art experience for people living with visual impairments can me an immersive and multi-sensational show be on site the 4th to the 22nd of september at may the montreal arts interculturel yes thanks for joining us on the podcast thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure